You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. I have a word for you. It's an old story and a new word. How many know that you could preach the same passage of Scripture every week for the entire year and get something different every time? It's the nature of who God is and His Word. So we're reading from 2 Kings 4 verse 1 to 7 in the Amplified. Now one of the wives of a man of the son of the prophets cried out to Elisha for help, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant reverently feared the Lord, but the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves in captivity in payment for a loan. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have of value in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a small jar of olive oil. And then he said, go and borrow containers from all of your neighbours, empty containers, not just a few, and you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out the oil that you have into these containers and you shall set aside each one when it is full. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons and they were bringing her the containers as she poured out the oil. And when the containers were all full, she said to her son, bring me another container. And he said to her, there is not one left. And then the oil stopped multiplying. And she came and told the man of God and he said, go and sell the oil in the marketplace and exchange the oil for freedom and pay your debts that you and your sons may live on the rest. Very familiar story, right? Let's ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need you. You have a word for each one of our particular hearts, so personal to each one of us. So we invite you to speak to us personally and change us. We have not come just to meet with people and have a good time. We've come to hear from you and be changed and transformed. So I'm asking for your supernatural power in Jesus' Name. Amen. So in this time in Israel's history, it's a pretty dark and awful time actually. The nation had turned away from God thanks to the leaders. Um, Wicked Queen Jezebel and her husband and their descendants had turned the people away from God and towards the worship of false idols. They uh, were very immoral people and the whole nation was turning away and towards a culture that was anti-Christ, anti-God. The last of the God-fearing leaders, the pastors and the leaders of the day were fleeing for their lives under persecution. God's people were turning away from their faith in droves because it was becoming impossible to live out their faith without being persecuted. The whole of the nation was living under this atmosphere of fear and intimidation and hopelessness and despair and control. People were in a battle for their livelihoods, for their own lives, the lives of their children. And on top of that, they were in an incredible famine. You see, this is what happens when a nation turns away from God and and turns away from the principles of God. And, And on top of this, everybody is feeling trapped and burdened. And into this story comes this beautiful little lady. And I don't know about you, but when I read the story this time, it sounded very familiar to me about the society in which we live. The more and more our nations turn away from God, the more and more um, injustice comes upon us, the more our leaders turn away from the things of God, the more you and I and the ordinary people of the nation begin to suffer the consequences of, of those decisions that are made that are not of God and this concept of captivity. See, this woman was facing captivity. Her children could be legally taken from her in payment from debt because she could not feed them. This is an awful situation to find yourself in. And maybe today you've come here feeling captive 
captive to a problem in your life that you cannot break free from. Something that you've tried so hard, you've used every resource, but you simply cannot break free from. Maybe it's a health issue, maybe it's a financial issue, maybe it's a relationship issue, a marriage issue, whatever it is, you're finding it hard, you're feeling trapped. And the Bible calls these kind of burdens a yoke. The yoke was the big wooden implement that was put across and locked over the necks of two oxen to force them to to walk in the same direction. It took away their freedom so that the farmer could force them to walk in a certain way. And this is what the Bible calls a yoke. Wherever the farmer wanted them to go, they had to go because they were locked inside the yoke. This is this effective strategy of the enemy to keep us locked to problems in our lives so that we cannot be free. And who knows that Jesus came that we might have life and life to the full. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. We were never designed to be yoked to problems that keep us in bondage. But the problem is, If we tolerate these yokes in our life for long enough, they become our new normal, don't they? We become that person with a lifelong illness. We become that family whose children are away from God. We become that generation who's impoverished. It becomes our new normal. But this woman was not having a bar of that. She was not gonna take that sitting down. She was not gonna allow that captivity to come upon her own children. She was going to do something about it. And so should we. I pray that today you walk out of these doors saying, I will not tolerate the yokes on my life anymore. See, she was a widow. She was the lowest of low. She had no husband to protect her, no relief organisation to come after her, no man in her life to give her dignity and importance. But let's not make the mistake of believing that this was any ordinary woman, that she was just a victim, that she just had nothing that she could do to protect herself. This was not an ordinary woman. This was an incredible woman woman of faith, an incredible woman of faith. She knew exactly what to do and she got about doing it quickly to resolve the issue in her life. And today I want us to learn five lessons. Are you with me? Have you got your seatbelts on? Five lessons from this woman in how to get your breakthrough today and get that yoke off your life. Number one, decide who you're going to turn to first. When confronted with the news that she and her children would be put into captivity, she didn't run to her family. She didn't run to her neighbours. She didn't run to the police. She didn't get herself a lawyer. She didn't run to her spouse, although she didn't even have one. She ran first to God. She knew who her help would come from. Who is your first port of call in time of trouble? Because the one or the people or the thing that you turn to first in a crisis will tell you where your faith sits, what you have faith in. So who is your faith in? Proverbs 18.10 says, The Lord is a mighty tower where His people can run to for safety. They can run to if they want to, but the choice is yours. Where do you go to in times of trouble? Where do you get the advice you need in a crisis? We live in a world that is not short of knowledge, isn't it? Pumping out knowledge and information on our television screens and our newspapers day in, day in, and out. And yet there has never been so much confusion, so much chaos, so much disagreement, so much um, uncertainty and ever-changing truth. But there is one who never changes. There is one who said, I am the same yesterday, today and forever. My wisdom is the same thousands of years ago as it is in 2022. I am faithful. I have the answers to your issues. He is dependable, reliable, wise and ever-changing. This is your God. 
And what, what um, tells us that we are really Christian is the one we turn to first in times of crisis. His solutions may be unconventional. He may tell you you need to go and dip into a muddy river or put some uh, spit on your eyes. Or He may tell you you need to go to a doctor or a specialist or a bank manager. Whatever He says, it is the key to unlocking the problem in your life. But He is our God and He must be the first point of call. Psalm 91 verse 4 says, He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge if you want it. I love this. I've, I learned recently that a mother hen, if there's a, um, an issue, if there's a, uh, some sort of bird flying around or some sort of um, predator coming for the little chicks, she does not run around trying to gather her chicks. She sits down still, lifts up her wings and calls out to her babies and they come running under the protection of her wings. That way, any enemy has to come through mum before it gets to chicks. And in Matthew 23, 37, it says, Oh, Jerusalem, how often I I've wanted to gather you together like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. This is so important. Are you willing to come under the cover of God or is He the last one on the agenda in your time of need? Can you hear Him calling you? Come under the wings. I've got a solution for your problem, but the choice is yours. Who will you run to first? Number two, lesson number two, identify your most valuable possession. The very first thing the prophet said to this lady is, what do you have of value in your house? And she answered, nothing but a little bit of oil. In other words, the question is, what do you have that will get you out of your current predicament? And she said, oh, nothing but a little bit of oil. And God is still asking that of us today. What do you have that will get you out of this situation? It's not that He doesn't know what we have, it's that He needs us to know what we have and how valuable what we have really is. What do you have a value in your life? Do you think it's any coincidence that all she had left was a little bit of oil? It wasn't salt, it wasn't flour, it wasn't sugar, it was oil. Why? Because it was the most precious commodity you could have in that day. Olive oil was like liquid gold and it could almost solve every human need at the time. It was used for cooking and medicine and skin and cosmetics and cleaning and lighting and currency and burial and weapons and preserving and perfuming and most importantly, to anoint for service for God, to empower people to serve God. Why? Because it was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And guess what the anointing does? It breaks the yoke. It breaks the yoke. Is it any coincidence that the prophet would call for a symbol of the Holy Spirit as an antidote for her crisis? My only criticism of this amazing woman is she didn't understand when she said, I've only got a little bit of oil. She didn't understand that a little bit of oil was all that she needed. And is it possible that you and I don't understand the value of the little bit of oil we have in our own life? Is it possible that we're walking around with long-term uh, problems and issues that we are yoked to in our life that could be broken off in the moment if we could access the little bit of oil that we have? Let's remember that when you gave your life to Jesus, He deposited a little bit of oil in your life. Let's find it. 2 Corinthians 1, 22 says He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first instalment that guarantees everything He has promised us. 
See, just like this woman, God made sure that when all else fails, you would always have a little bit of oil. In your worst moments when there's nothing left, when you don't know what to do, when you don't feel like there's anywhere to turn, you always have a little bit of oil and that oil is a person and His Name is the Holy Spirit and He lives on the inside of you. Jesus said, I have to go because I'm leaving you a helper, the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love that word helper. Oh, can you help me, Holy Spirit? No, when He said He is your helper, this is what it means, the Greek meaning of helper, the one who forcefully snatches back what has been stolen from you. Did you know what that, that that's what it meant when Jesus said, I'm leaving you one who will forcefully take back everything that has been stolen from you. So we've got to stop praying these vague prayers. God, help me. Why won't you help me, God? When He knows that on the inside of you, He has deposited the one that can help you in any situation. And all you need to do is identify the value of Him, partner with Him, rise up with Him and take authority over your situation to see the yoke broken. The Holy Spirit is the one who instructs us, who empowers us, emboldens us, equips us. He is by nature divine power to snap the yoke off of your neck. He will break you free from the thing that is controlling you and and, and, um, holding on to your freedom. He will appropriate your healing. He will access the provision you need. He will get the truth of God's Word coming out of your mouth and He will snatch back everything that has been stolen in your life if you will let Him. This is the oil that you have on the inside of you. When Zerubbabel was faced with an impossible task of rebuilding the shattered temple, God sent him a powerful image of two olive trees that were pouring oil into the lampstands day and night. And this is what he said. And then God said to me, this continuous supply of oil is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel saying, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by my Spirit of whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. You will get your breakthrough, but it is not by the doctor. It is not by the bank manager. It is not by the neighbour. It is not by what they're telling you on television. It is by the Spirit of the Lord using all of those things in your life, but nonetheless, it is by the Spirit of the Lord. And in moments of our lives when there are no human solutions left, that is when the oil starts to do its best work. She said, I have nothing left but a bit of oil. Yes, that's all you need. It's the best situation in life when you have nothing left but the oil of the Holy Spirit. And just like the the olive oil in those days that used to soothe and heal and purify and soften the heart and comfort and provide and cleanse and light and warm and uh, sanctify and defend all the things that the oil used to provide for the community, the Holy Spirit provides for you and I. He's our companion, our comforter, our teacher, our guide, the one who convicts us of sin, uh, the intercessor, the counsellor, the helper, the healer, the advocate, the sanctifier. He is everything that you need for every problem at any time. And He is right now waiting on the inside of you to step up and partner with you to get breakthrough. So what do you need from Him today? Is it time to get reacquainted with the oil in your life? It is time to get to know Him a little bit better again. Reconnect with the person of the Holy Spirit. Or are you like many of us that have neglected the oil in our life over this particularly difficult season like the virgins and just when we need Him the most, we struggle to access Him because we don't know Him. It's time to become reacquainted with the oil. Number three, start looking for empty vessels. 
when the woman found her oil, Elisha said, go and find as many vessels as you can find. (sighs) Are we so focused on our own emptiness that we've lost sight of all of the empty vessels that are lying around our lives everywhere we go? The people we work with, the people in our own families, the people in this church, the people in the street, everywhere, people, empty vessels, dying in captivity for want of the oil that's inside of you. When was the last time you looked at your spouse or your child or your friend or your neighbour as an empty vessel in need of you to pour into? Her miracle only flowed as long as she was finding empty vessels and maybe your miracle will come when we take our eyes off our own emptiness and begin to look at the suffering around us and the emptiness around us and begin to see ourselves as the solution to the emptiness. You see, Jesus at His emptiest moment in life as He hung on a cross bleeding and dying was still ministering to people, was still reaching out to empty vessels right till the very end. He was still doing everything He could to fill empty vessels. Has the oil stopped flowing in your life? Are you a Christian now by title only, but you don't carry the power of the Holy Spirit into your workplace or to your neighbours or to your family? Are you believing for too little, just enough to look after yourself, but not for all the people around you? See, 1 Corinthians 10 and 24 says we should stop looking out for our own interests and instead focus on the people living and breathing around us. There is no shortage of empty vessels. They are everywhere. Maybe it's time to shift our focus. We will never know the full extent of the miracle God wants to do in our lives until we stop fixating on our own empty jar and start looking for the empty jars all around us. Number four, you have to start pouring. The prophet didn't do the miracle for her. He didn't pick up the oil and start pouring. She had to trust God for herself. She had to start pouring by faith, not her pastor, not her leader, not her spouse, she herself. And it's not until we have a revelation that we ourselves are the answer to our problems. Stop looking for others to do the miracle in our lives, but partnering with the Holy Spirit on the oil on the inside that we really see ourselves step up into a supernatural lifestyle. See, the concept of pouring is so commonly used in the Bible when referring to the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah 44, it says, I will pour out my Spirit on your offspring. In Joel 2, it came about after this that I shall pour out my Spirit. Acts 10, 45, and all the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out poured out, poured out. See, the Holy Spirit does His best work when He is poured out. He was never meant to be contained on the inside of us, never meant to be a little deposit that lives on the inside of us, but longing to flow out of us through our lives to touch the lives of people around us. But we'll have to partner with Him and take steps of faith just like this little lady had to take. And how do we do that? I'm not asking you to go out on the street with a loudspeaker and preach the Gospel. I'm just asking you to serve. Just serve your neighbour. Just love the people around you. That's what Jesus did. He looked for opportunities to serve. And as He served the people, whether He was uh, providing lunch or washing feet or sitting at the well to talk to the lady, He just began to serve. And as He served, the Spirit began to flow. It starts with a little drip and it turns into a torrent as it is poured out. This is the nature of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember when you first got baptised in the Holy Spirit? You had to step out in faith. 
speak a few words. It was just like a drip of oil. But then as you, as you spoke, it turned into a torrent that began to pour out. You need to make a start. You need to step out in faith. You need to pray for that spouse of yours. Sometimes it's fear, isn't it, that stops us from stepping out in faith. What will people think of me? My family is not used to me being this spiritual. My neighbour will think I'm weird, but are we really going to let fear stop us from pouring out the Holy Spirit into the lives of people around us? Because we need a church that will stand up on this point where we're going into the next great revival of God and say, we will begin to pour out the Spirit of God wherever we are in our lives. Are you gonna remain silent and powerless in a season where empty vessels are crying out for you? They're crying out for what you have. It is your moment. The vessels are waiting for you. Number five, flood the marketplace with excess oil. We're nearly done. There is a reason that Elisha instructed her to go and sell the remaining oil in the marketplace. See, the miracle could have happened in her home and remained in her home, but the oil is not intended to stay inside of you. It is not intended to stay inside of your home. It is not intended to stay inside of your church. It is intended to flood the marketplace. The marketplace speaks of your particular sphere of influence. You may think you are not an influential person, but it may be that you're just influential on your street, with your neighbours, even with your own families. But some are very influential in your, it'll be in a workplace or in a, in a school or a university. This is this place of influence that God desires you to spread the oil. It was never intended just for you in your life. You have the answer to every condition, every uh, yoke that is upon every life in the community, but it starts with just the people that you yourself are in contact with. It starts by serving and those miracles will follow. And I believe we are entering a season where ordinary men and women of God, emboldened by the Holy Spirit, who know the Holy Spirit, will begin to pour out the Holy Spirit, the oil in their workplaces. And we are going to see yokes come off, not just individual people, but off at real issues in society. We need you to take the oil and we need you to come up with inventions and health solutions and um, business solutions that will feed people in poverty. There are all kinds of yokes that need to be broken, not just little ones, but enormous ones that go across the whole of society. But who will break them unless you and I will take the oil into our workplace and begin to spread it there? It starts with a little drip and it ends with a torrent. Don't be scared that you have to do something big. Just start with a little bit of oil, ministering just a little bit of oil with the people you come into contact with and God will begin the flow and you will begin to see freedom come to people's lives. The world needs the oil that we carry. Paul put it this way, as for me, my life has already been poured out an offering to God, poured out. Figuratively speaking, pouring means to willingly spend, to offer, to sacrifice one's life as a sweet fragrance to the Lord. It was a free will act. It was called a drink offering. He was referring to a drink offering. Why? Because it quenches the thirst of our God when we begin to pour out our lives for the sake of others. He will always minister to you. 
He will always meet your need. He will always go above and beyond what you need. But it is way bigger than that. He desires to use you to touch many, many, many lives of people all around you. Are you willing to be poured out for the service of your God? Are you willing to be emptied out daily, knowing that as soon as you get back in the presence of Holy Spirit, He will fill you once again? Or are you content just to contain this little bit of oil like this woman? You have the divine power to break the yokes off your own life and off the life of people all around you. You have it now on the inside of you. God made sure you were not without a solution, not without power, not without an answer, never without hope, but with a little bit of oil and a little bit of oil is all you need. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.